Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Racing your best 5K. There are many 5K races that typically go on over Memorial Day weekend in the USA, but things may be a little bit different this year. There are a lot of virtual race options and many people doing time trials and virtual 5Ks, so we wanted to dive deep into the subject of 5Ks and time trials in general. This can be a great opportunity for many athletes to do a time trial to see what type of fitness you are in. We want to make sure that we train at the correct paces, so assessing your current fitness level is extremely important for every athlete. We also want to chat about pacing and setting goals for these shorter distance races so you're able to get the most out of your fitness on race day or during your time trial. It's really important to train in the correct zones and to be able to race in the correct zones. That way we can really get a good assessment on where your fitness is at. We don't want to go out too fast so that you know we blow up and then it's not an an accurate indication of where our fitness is. So today I have with me the head cross-country and distance track coach at the University of Wisconsin River Falls. He is also a coach here at Run for PRs, helping athletes um, from any distance from one mile all the way up to, you know, an ultra marathon. He has ran several marathons himself, and he is also very well versed in the shorter distance races. And so that is why we have him on today. Definitely knows a lot about the 5K and shorter distances. Um, and it's, it's a little bit of a different ballpark. So if you guys listening are more of a marathon runners and half marathon runners, a 5K can be a little bit uncomfortable, especially if you haven't done one in a while. Um, you're almost using a different sort of system. It's a lot faster, and it can be a different type of pain. Um, you know, it, it, some people listen think maybe the 5k I feel like has this rap where oh anyone can do it but really if you race it and you race it hard it can be a very um, challenging event and so that's why we want to talk about you know the pacing involved and how to really transition yourself to those shorter distance races to get the most out of your fitness level. So Jason tell me about your background with the 5k Um, have you ever coached people to run really fast 5ks what's the fastest 5k you've ever ran Um, some of your athletes and tell me a little bit about your background there. Sure. Um, I'll try to summarize it here in a couple minutes. I guess I first got a taste of the 5K when I was in 10th grade. Um, I went off across country after running track in middle school in ninth grade. They finally um, encouraged me to come out for, for cross. So uh, my first one ever, I did run like 1750 something. And it was just, it was so long for me at the time because I had never ran a, a race that you know, longer than a mile, which took about five minutes. So it was a long time to be out there and a lot to learn. Fast forward into college, I ran, um, you know, we jumped up to 8K, which is five miles, but um, ran a lot of 5Ks for fun, you know, road races and such, um, especially post-collegiate. And so probably done, I don't even know how many, but a lot of 5Ks. And, um, you know, I've, I've ran them anywhere from 1528, I think is my PR, all the way up to, I don't know, mid 17s or high 17s when I'm not very what I would call when I'm not fit um but so that's kind of the range it's been about a two and a half minute range roughly and um 
yeah, it's just been, it's, it's a fun race because you can do, you know, you, unlike the marathon, you can do several of them and, and recover quickly, but, um, it definitely has its own challenge. And, um, I just enjoy the, the time that you're out there because it's, you know, it's before you know it, you're halfway done. And then you just have to suffer through it for another like five to seven minutes and then it's over. So, but I think that, you know, if training for a 5k can give you a lot of benefits for other races when it's time to move up for in distance as well. And I think that that's partially why, um, you know, I ran my first half marathon at a pace of about 536 per mile, which was only about, um, you know, 30 seconds slower than my half or than my 5k pace. So I know at the time that, you know, that was, I was happy with that. Yeah. The 5k is just such an interesting event and to hear you talk about the, you know, the times that you run, they're definitely just crazy. I can't even imagine running that. Those are times like five minute pace, even just for, you know, 200 meters for me is like max out effort. Um, and that's like the pace that you and, you know, some of our other coaches, they run for a 5k, which is crazy. So I know even for me, you know, just, it, it's fun being out there regardless of your time, because everyone, you know, is pushing themselves because it's, it's a short race, right? So most people who are, you know, recreational competitive runners are going to run anywhere between, you know, 35 minutes to, you know, mid, the mid teens. And that's not a super long race. And so you're really able to go out there just lay it all on the line, right? It's not like a marathon where you really have to like pace yourself and fuel and all this stuff. It's just kind of like a fitness, pure cardio, like let's, let's go and push it. And that's what I really like about the event. Cause really it's, it can bring together like almost all ability levels. You know, you don't have to put in, um, that rigorous training of a marathon training cycle where you have to have done all of these long runs. It's, it's really like a fair event. Like anyone can show up to these things. And so that's why I think it's a little, uh, a cool event, but also at the same time, um, when you get into those faster times, like the times you're talking about laying down like 15 minute 5k, that, I mean, that's insane. And, and that takes years and years of, um, practice to like even just shave, you know, 20 seconds off of your 5k time. When you get into those really faster times, I know coach Ben, he was in college. He was always around that, like, uh, between 16 and 15, 30 mark. And it took him like five years of attempting to break 15 to finally, um, break through. Um, and it, it just, it goes to show like how challenging, um, this 5k race is. And sometimes it's just very tactical and, you know, we can talk a little bit more about the pacing behind it, but yeah, it's definitely a different type of pain, um, when you're racing it. So Jason, how would you compare like the pain of the marathon and the half marathon versus, the pain of a 5k like how are they different boy that's a good question um it's you know it's really in a 5k your legs aren't so much hurting like they would during a half or a full like you're you're not getting that tired feeling or sensation in your muscles but um aerobic like your breathing is is much harder like it's hard to stay on that same pace because you know like if you slow down much it's going to really derail your overall time and in the 5k there's a there's a minimal chance for for um you know slowing down in order to you know still meet your goal so i think that it's more of an an aerobic tiredness that happens first kind of like just wanting to slow down so you can feel like you can breathe um but keeping your body sort of in that rhythm is important And, and hills can definitely affect you especially in the later part of a 5k if you're not used to running on hills and all of a sudden you approach a hill around mile two that can really slow your pace down so I think for me, it's, it's mainly just 
always convincing myself and committing to the idea that I'm going to finish strong and this is going to really hurt, but this is where I really need to dig deep. And if I'm able to do that, I'll meet my goal for the day. If I'm not, I'm not going to come anywhere close to my goal because the last like 25% of the race is so important in a 5k. Um, just knowing that you need to, that needs to be like your fastest, you know, 25% of the race. So I need to be running my fastest point there. So I think that that's kind of one of the differences, whereas, you know, you can, you can run a half or a full in PR, even if you're slowing way down at the end. And you, let's say you banked a bunch of time in the first 75% of the race, but it's not as possible. I don't think in a 5k, because it's just so important that you're finishing strong. Um, and then when we talk about other people around you in the race, people have kicks in a 5k, I mean, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, you can use them to help kind of pull you along and just to finish strong. Right. Yeah. I think the margin for error, um, you know, in a 5k or a shorter race, it's like, you don't have time to slow down. Like there is no, you know, time to bank. There isn't, I mean, if you, if you slow down, that's going to really, really affect your time. And so I think these shorter distance events are the ones that people, um, really rely on the first couple of times. And that's where they're able to show like, this is me racing and giving hundred percent effort. I think sometimes, you know, when people jump to the half or the full marathon and they're not as experienced as someone who, you know, ran middle school, high school, college, and they go um, and do a longer distance event. I think it's a lot harder to race, you know, a marathon if you've never pushed yourself hundred percent in a 5k. Um, I think, you know, the, the 5k racing tactically and figuring out how to push yourself to the maximal effort and being comfortable doing that, um, and then growing on that. So I think sometimes what we see is people who, you know, they sign up for the longer distance events and they're comfortable running and doing a moderate pace, but they're never able to dip into that mindset of racing it because they've never raced a shorter distance event. And so that's why I think the 5k is really cool because you can push yourself like to the maximum limits. And when you get more of those under your belt, you feel a lot more comfortable. And then maybe you jump up in distance to like a five mile and then it's a, you know, a 10k, 10 mile. And once you feel like you are racing and able to really race hundred percent, um, on those mid distance, you know, well, it's not really a mid distance, but you know, in a 10 mile, then we can start talking about, okay, racing a marathon because, there is a difference between running a marathon and racing a marathon. Um, there's a difference between running a 5K and racing a 5K too. And I think, you know, the 5K is really the cool place where people can experiment with pushing themselves. And this is why I think anyone who's listening, I challenge you to like pick a 5K, pick a time trial distance that you want to push yourself to the maximal effort. And just that gives you the opportunity to dip into that well further than you've ever gone before. And I think it gives you just a short enough window of time, you know, if you're out there for say 25 minutes, you know, you're not going to like die or blow up, right? Like you're just going to push to the maximum for 25 minutes. And that's not as scary as, okay, you're going to run this marathon. You're going to push the maximum for three and a half hours. Right. So I think it gives people just, um, an outlet to grow on. Um, and so Jason, do you have anything to say that? Do you think that there's some truth there? Um, or what is like the benefit do you think of doing a 5k if you're a marathon runner yeah i mean i definitely think what you said about you know the more you're going to the well in a 5k right you're you're not only are you getting more mental toughness from that because you're used to pushing yourself and that's going to translate over well to the longer distance races and the confidence and being able to really just find that that next level you know that next gear and push it but also um, convincing yourself that you can maintain that pace and you're not going to die and you're not going to slow down. And so um, I think that, yeah, there's a lot of good mental benefits that come with training for 5Ks, but also physical in that obviously 
um, you know, the, the more five K's that you do, your body is just going to get stronger because you're recruiting all of those muscle fibers. Whereas in a, a little bit of a slower race, you know, you're, you're probably not using, obviously we talked a, a bit about this in the past pod, few podcasts about fast twitch versus slow twitch, but you're recruiting a little bit of fast twitch at the end of your 5k race. Whereas in the marathon, you're not going to have to do that, but you are training your slow twitch fibers to be able to handle a faster pace when you're running the 5k. So it kind of, for me, it, it boils down to the threshold, the discussion around like um, training at your anaerobic threshold versus your lactate. Um, when we train for 5k, you're going to do a lot more interval training. So you're going to have that faster speed under your belt. Um, you know, a lot of intervals that are going to be anywhere between a minute to three minutes, um, you know, at a time, maybe even up to mile repeats would be probably the fastest. But, and I think that the more intervals you do, the faster you, um, you get your body comfortable at training at a sub threshold pace. And so that's really what's going to help your 5k time, you know, get faster as you, as you progress. Yeah, I like how you were talking about, you know, pushing yourself in those shorter intervals and then putting it together, you know, on race day in a time trial. Um, And I think the benefit there for, you know, marathon runners, like you were saying, is when you can push yourself in those shorter distances, it it can often translate. um, But obviously there has to be training adjustments made. So, you know, the training for a 5K and training for a marathon, like you said, are kind of different beasts. Um, You want to make sure you're training specifically for the event you're doing. But, you know, if you take a season and you're really focusing on the shorter distances and pushing yourself there, that um, mental tenacity and all of the racing um, tactical things that you pick up during that 5K season can really actually help you um, build because they are, you know, a similar sport. You know, a lot of the great marathoners like Galen Rupp, before they moved up to the marathon distance, they spent so much of their career focusing on the shorter distance races, Um, you know, the 5K, the track events. And so it just goes to show like developing um, that raw speed and the focusing on the shorter distance events can really go a long way and it can help further you in your marathoning career. Um, that's to say you don't have to spend a whole season on 5K, 10K, but I think it's a great option and a good idea for a lot of people to break things up because, you know, getting stuck on that marathon hamster wheel where it's like one after another after another and you just kind of feel like your times are stuck in the same zone. Um, it can be it can be tough for athletes. So taking that break and reestablishing um, speed in the shorter distances can really go a long way in helping an athlete um, reach their potential. And I know it definitely helped me um, get to that level of Boston qualifying because I finally took some time to figure out how to approach racing and really push myself in a race environment and what it meant to race the marathon instead of run a marathon. So I don't really think I was in better physical shape. Um, I didn't PR in a 5K I didn't PR in really anything shorter leading up to when I finally had a 16-minute PR and qualified for Boston. The biggest shift was training appropriately for a marathon, but also being comfortable pushing myself in a race environment and knowing how to execute a race. And so this is why I think this is a great ground for people who are like, what's the difference between running a marathon and racing a marathon? Let's start with a 5K and we'll give you some tips with how to approach that race and then as you get comfortable doing um, these shorter distance races, you can build and take that mindset with you in the longer distance events. So I guess, Jason, you know, you, you coach a lot of cross country runners and they focus on the cross country. I think it's an 8K and a 6K. So, I mean, most of your guys are out there for like 30 minutes tops. So I think, you know, time frame wise, it's right exactly the same spot where a lot of the people listening are hoping to get advice on 
a race that's between 20 and 30 minutes long, right? So we, we really want to focus on how do we utilize um, that time during the race and have a race plan that's executed well. Because I see so often in 5Ks where it's just, you know, people get this idea because we've said before, it's 100% maximum effort. So they go out and they're just like, wow, they go out and it's like they race their first mile, like a one mile, and then it's a crash and burn. And I think that can cause a lot of fear of wanting to go back and do this again. Um, so how do you really know how to approach that like first mile or even just the whole race in general? Yeah, I think it's hard, especially for adults who are used to running longer races and you step back down to the 5K and you, you know, you're telling yourself mentally like, okay, I need to run fast. So off the gun, like you said, you're running your first mile and you're running way too fast, faster than you should. And so I think that that is, is something that comes with, with uh, over time, like just like you said, kind of learning how to execute a race, um, learning all what pace feels, you know, somewhat easy for you to be able to maintain. For my athletes, I always like to kind of break it down with a percentage of effort and, and just talk about like how they should be feeling at different parts of the race. So, um, you know, for cross country, like you said, most of the athletes are running for that 26 to 30 minute range. Um, so just kind of helping them through like how should they feel the first five minutes and then how should they feel from about five to 15 because I want them feeling like from five to 15, I want them feeling so relaxed and basically like it's just, uh, they kind of get lost in a parade and they just use the, the, the people around them to just kind of pull them along and then they can wake up at those last 10 minutes and start to start to slowly press down on the gas. And so just kind of talking through visually like how it should feel, how, what it should look like um, and then helping them execute, um, you know, the confidence to be able to kick and finish strong that, that entire last mile. So you could try that with yourself, breaking the, the race down into like thirds, basically, since it's a three mile race, um, you know, getting out, but then settling in and trying to maintain your first mile and your second mile, you'd want to be a, the same pace. I like to negative split 5Ks. That's how I run them. And that's how I kind of help myself uh, from preventing going out too fast is I'll, I'll run a little bit more control the first mile. So let's say you run like an eight minute first mile. And then you, you, you want to make sure you can at least run that same pace for the second mile, if not a little bit faster. So when I'm talking to my athletes through race plans for races, you know, I'll, I'll ask them about the course. I'll take that into consideration, obviously, if there's hills um, on certain parts of the course that may affect each mile. But for the most part, it's going to be a gradual progression of effort and knowing that they can finish very strong. And um, a lot of times you know, they, they end up finishing stronger than, you, than they think because they were so conservative the first mile. And then that ends up lowering their, their time that we anticipated them running. And so I think it's better to do it that way, especially if you're kind of new to running 5Ks. If you're super experienced and you do them all the time, you know, then we can, we can afford to approach it differently as far as your race and how you want to execute your pacing plan. But it's going to boil down to how experienced you are, what your goals are for that race. Right. I love how you talked about experience too, because that's huge. And I think some people listening, you know, they could be like 15 time marathoner, but they've done maybe like five, five Ks. Um, and so that's kind of what we're talking about is the 5k specific experience. So I know me personally, I have, you know, ran 18 marathons, but I probably run at least, I don't know. I feel like I've ran 10 5ks a year, every year since I started running. I mean, I've done more 5Ks than I have any other distance. I feel very comfortable racing a 5K. Um, I, I really understand like the tactics behind it. I 
I would be more worrisome of someone who hasn't raised a 5k in a while and is more specific on other distance. So let's just say you've been running, you know, your whole life, but you really have only done marathons and half marathons. When we go into the 5k, it's just really important to get the pacing down correctly. And like you were saying, we would rather see like the gradual negative splits and the progression of effort than going out so fast because usually there's two type of people who do the 5k. So at the beginning of the race, um, there's either going to be people that just go out so hard and they run that first mile close to what their one mile PR would be. And then there's also people who are nervous because they, they don't want to do it. They don't want to feel the pain. They, they want to make sure they don't blow up and they go out a little bit too slow. And so there's like both camps and it's good to know which one you are. And so usually, you know, if you've done a 5k before or anything really, um, under, you know, a 15k, I would go back and look, you know, the last four races you've done that are those races, I'll look at your splits and you'll be able to tell almost instantly what type of runner you are. So, you know, if your first mile is your fastest in all of those races that you've done the last, you know, four or five, six times, you're probably the person that's going to be prone to going out super fast. And so what we need to do is harness that in and say, you know what, we're putting a speed limit on you and we're going to make it so that your first mile is actually going to be your slowest mile. Because what you need to learn how to do is to conserve the energy that first mile. That way you can run to your potential. Because what ends up happening when you go out too fast in a 5k, I have been there so many times. Like I know this from experience. Um, I wanted fitness to be there. I wanted to run a certain time. And so I'm like, all right, I know what, what time I need to go out in. Um, Torchlight 5k. 2015, probably my worst 5k experience ever. Um, right before I had ran that, you know, three months earlier, I had ran an 1836 5k. So I thought, you know, I'm going to try for like a low 18, um, shave 20 seconds off. I thought, so I thought, you know, go out at about five, 550, 555 pace. Um, <laughs> 90, my 90 degrees that day too. It was 90 degrees <laughs> that day. Um, my fitness just wasn't the same as where it was. I had just ran a marathon, um, like six to eight weeks before. So it's like, you have to take a lot of things into consideration. And also, um, I needed to understand that going into that first 5k where I ran 1836, um, I was at the beginning of a season. I was in really good shape leading up to a goal marathon. Um, I was actually in the middle of a taper for a marathon. Um, and I was just really, it was almost like a surprise myself sort of race. It was a very flat course. It was a cool day. It was perfect. Um, whereas this example, I was at the end of my racing season. I had just ran two marathons already that year. <laughs> I was like two months out from my last marathon. Um, it was very hot and, but I still had that goal in my head. And so I think a lot of runners can relate to that. You know, you have this time goal in your head. Maybe you really want to break 22 minutes or 21 minutes, whatever. My thing was like, I'm going to get as close to sub 18 as possible, which now thinking back is the most ridiculous thing I could have done at the time, but I didn't care. I I wanted to go out. Um, I felt confident that if I just went out and hung on, like something would happen. And, um, so, you know, my first mile, I think it was like five fifty. I I don't know, five forty eight. Um, and (laughs) then it was like six 30 and then like seven minutes. And I had never experienced such a slowdown before. Um, it was the worst 5k experience that I've ever had. Um, afterwards I like couldn't even talk to people because I was so like embarrassed of myself. Um, and really I think the part that was so embarrassing for me that day, it wasn't my time. I wasn't embarrassed of my time or anything like that. It was still like an okay, you know, time for me. It was like 20, 
10, I think I ended up running something in that ballpark. So it's not like it was a, it was a bad time by any means, but I was just so embarrassed of myself because I knew that I was forcing it. Um, but I really just wanted a certain time. And so I think sometimes when we get so wrapped up in those time goals and, you know, those, those clean numbers, like I wanted somehow in my mind, I was like, if I could just break 18, which is, you know, it just wasn't, (laughs) it's just a, it was just an arbitrary goal. And I think sometimes when you get these weird numbers in your head, um, you try to stretch your fitness to get there when it's not there. And I knew my fitness wasn't there, but I just thought somehow like magically it would all end up at the finish line. Um, so I think the biggest takeaway there is to, if you're really close to breaking 19 or 17 or 18 or 25 or whatever, but you don't feel confident doing it and you don't think the fitness is 100% there to do it, don't set that as a goal for yourself um, if it's going to lead to a situation like mine, right? Like you want to have a goal where you can go out at a comfortable pace and feel good. I would rather have mm-hmm. finished that race strong and ran like 1930 than finish it crashing and burning um, and just saying, well, at least I tried for it. Because like for me, I didn't even need to try for it. I know the fitness isn't there. And what's the difference of going out a little bit slower so you don't feel horrible at the end? If that fitness is there, you can dig into the well at the end of the race. There's still time to do that. And I've had races like that before too where I go out and I'm like, well, I'm probably, you know, not going to run as fast as I I hope to today. But then at the end of the race, you get this surge of energy because you were conservative at the beginning. And it's always better to be in that boat than to end up, you know, chasing some arbitrary time goal that just is is foolish. Um, so hopefully people can learn from my mistakes. I know those round numbers are just really something that people strive for in the 5K. And I think if we can kind of steer away from that, um, it actually helps a lot more with your pacing because quite honestly, um, if you look at the paces for some of these things, it, it, they're always so random. So I think like a sub, sub 20 minute 5k is like 625 pace. And it's like, what if you're in 630 pace shape? You don't want to like ruin your whole day by forcing, you know, five, six seconds per mile faster than you need to be running. So focus more on um, the pacing and let the, the, the timing kind of fall where it may. Um, so how do you figure out, like, let's say someone is brand new to sport or I want to go out and run a 5k tomorrow. How do you know, like what sort of shape you're in? I know you intuitively probably are aware, but for athletes, like, do you look at certain workouts or how do you establish a speed limit for that first mile so that they don't do like I did and go on in like a 548 mile? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I, well, what I like to do when I'm start starting to work with an athlete, obviously we want to assess their fitness to see where they're at. Um, so we may use a, a recent race result or like a two mile time trial. And then I kind of establish their paces. Um, and then, so once I know an athlete's paces for like their threshold and their intervals and stuff, we, I will then start to examine some of their recent workouts. You know, let's say they have a race coming up and we start talking about their 5k goal and what their uh, pacing plan should look like. We'll look at their most recent workouts to kind of see, um, you know, what were they hitting for their, you know, whatever it was, if it was 1K repeats or mile repeats or 800s, 400s. Um, Look at a couple of those, though, and then also just kind of how those workouts went. How did they feel? Did they seem like they were um, consistently finishing strong or were they kind of running out of gas at the end? Because that'll kind of tell me how I should set up their pacing plan. You know, should I be a little more conservative or... Should it be like, um, you know, something that I think they can even split or negative split? And so all of those kind of factors will 
you know, as, as well as how many 5Ks they have done, you know, recently, that will also help me to craft kind of a pacing plan. But like you said, I'd always have someone um, be a little less aggressive and have them finish a race feeling strong and just kind of miss a, a goal of, let's say, breaking that next minute barrier, whatever it is, like breaking 22 minutes or whatever. Um, but feeling good at 22.20 or 22.15 as opposed to going out too hard to try to break it and then coming up really short because it got really difficult. So, um, And I think the more races that you can run feeling strong at the end, um, that will give you the confidence to be able to do it in the future and to execute a better race going forward and to finish races and break that next barrier. Um, I think sometimes we just get so wrapped up in, in whatever that, that minute barrier is of trying to break, and we don't even allow ourselves more than one chance to get it or two chances all year. It's like we expect to go out and do it well. You know, when I coach college kids, we're running the same distance every single time. And sometimes they have good races, other times they don't. It depends on the course and the weather and so many factors. And you allow yourself some time because sometimes, you know, it can take, it can even take these kids that are in college um, four, five, six, seven tries to get the time that we're shooting for all year. So um, don't go in with such high expectations, especially if it's your first or second 5K for the year. Allow yourself an opportunity to kind of, um, learn and grow into the the distance um, and it'll be better off in the future I think yeah I think that's a really good point is you know sometimes there's just like fluke races where you feel absolutely horrible and you totally just for whatever reason have a terrible race I know that because you know watching so many athletes over the years where it's like whoa what happened in that race um sometimes they just happen and they do actually happen to everyone even though you know it it can be hard to believe it in that moment where it happens to you um it does happen to everyone and and the race that I talked about earlier where I went out super fast I shouldn't have blown up as bad as I did on that race but it's like that was a like a super fluke day so even if I would have gone out slow I know I would have not ran well because for whatever reason um, our bodies, they're just very sensitive sometimes. And we had just came back from a trip, you know, four days prior. And I think that flying sometimes has an impact and traveling has an impact on people. And maybe your body's fighting something off. There's just so many factors involved. Um, some days you just feel better than others for whatever reason. Um, if you're a woman, you know, there's a lot of like hormone things that, that can go on. So like we were saying, just kind of giving yourself time. And, you know, if you don't have your, your star awesome race the first time, just, you know, give yourself a series of like five races over the course of, you know, a whole season and just kind of see where it goes from there. Cause I guarantee you, you know, you're surprised yourself somewhere along the way. Um, but I like how you talked a little bit about establishing speed limits and looking at workouts that you had done leading up to it. I know, one thing, you know, that can help sometimes is doing like a one mile, um, as a time trial to begin with. So sometimes, you know, we, we aren't sure where our fitness is at and we don't want to go out and do a whole 5k cause that's, that's, you know, three miles and it can be a little bit daunting, but you know, saying to yourself, okay, go out and do a mile as fast as you can. I think most runners feel comfortable doing something to that extent because they know it's only going to last, you know, a couple, couple minutes, you know, it's probably not gonna be longer than, than 10 minutes for most people. And so, you know, going out there, seeing where your one mile's at. And then once you, once you have that base, you know, say, okay, then let's have your first mile, your 5k be no faster than, you know, 30 seconds faster or 30 seconds slower than your one mile time. Um, you could go even slower, you know, just depending on the experience and depending on your comfort level. But I would say, you know, we don't want that first mile at 5k to be any faster than 30 seconds per mile slower than what you can run a one mile all out in. 
Um, also keeping in mind where you do that one mile. So if you're doing that on the track, that means you're going to do your 5K on the track, right? So a track one mile and a track 5K time are not the same as doing it on the road. Um, and also knowing the different courses. So, you know, you might have ran a great 5K time on a super flat course, but, you know, if you go to a hilly course, it's definitely going to impact your time. Um, you have to look at it from that perspective as well. I know you kind of touched base on that. Um, but also... You know, in terms of, I know a lot of people are probably going to be doing these alone, um, just with the whole social distancing that's going on. But as we get into more of the racing season and, you know, in the future here, if someone's listening to this, you know, months or years down the line, I guess, like, where should you place yourself in that starting line pack? Um, Maybe a difficult question for you to answer because you're probably always at the the start of a line. Um, But do you have a gauge for, you know, if someone wants to run like 25 minutes, how do you determine where you stand? Yeah, that that's a really good question because you're you're just right in the midst of things, right? So you just kind of um, go to a go to the area that you think is gonna be the the people that obviously it's hard to look at a runner and gauge how fast they're gonna go right off the start. And I like to kind of make small talk with runners at the start line, um, especially for longer races because it's nice to find someone to maybe run run with and to kind of gauge off of. Um, but I'll do the same thing in a five k, especially especially if I'm at a race where I don't know anyone. Um, cause it's kind of nice to know like, okay, who's going to be out here with me. Um, so you can make small talk at the start to see who's going out, how fast. Um, and then I just like to go maybe a little bit further back from what I think, um, I can run because I know that everyone's going to go out kind of hard. And so I'd rather just not get sucked into it. I'd rather be able to stay back and then pass people the second mile when they start slowing down. And that happens every year. I'm thinking of one race in particular in Minnesota, that's the most competitive race um, where, you know, I could show up around 1558 and finish like 50th place because there's that many fast people there. Um, literally, I think last year I ran low 16s and I was like 70th. So it was, um, I always probably go, I don't know, four or five, like rows back from the start line, just because I know like, Hey, there's so many people up there who are going to go out super fast. And, um, I'm probably going out in like a hundred and 20th, 150th place trying to pass people um, at the mile. So that's kind of how I approach that race. But every race is going to be different. It's kind of about learning, you know, how competitive races are. Um, and that may be hard for you if it's the first time showing up to race, not knowing, but just kind of gauging, uh, looking around, figuring out how many people are wearing the 4% and you'll get a good idea of, um, for that. But also just, um, you know, unless there's, I doubt there's pacers at most 5Ks, they usually don't, but sometimes they do. They have pacing zones in the corral, so you can, you can use those as well. But just, um, just don't go out too fast. Don't, I'd rather have you start off slow and then realize, oh, I'm going with the people that are 30 seconds slower than what I was hoping to be the first quarter mile or half mile, and then you can start to adjust and pick it up from there. Yeah, so the 5K that you were talking about, that's actually funny about how you were, you know, 50th place or whatever. So I actually just looked up my time from that race. It's called the Brian Craft 5K. Um, it's held on Memorial Day weekend every every year in Minneapolis. Um, last year in 2019, I ran 19.12 there. So that's a 6.10 per mile pace and uh, said I was 157th place out of 420 runners. So I wasn't even in, you know, the top... 30% of finishers. <laughs> so you just got to know what sort of race you're at. Um, for a female, a nineteen twelve time could out usually in smaller races of 400 probably win the race. This particular race though is a very competitive race. So it's all about knowing your field, knowing who shows up. 
One way you can figure that out, go to the race results, right? So you're going to check out the leaderboard here. We check it out. Well, it looks like the top five guys all broke 15. Um, So you just got to know, like, all right, this is a more competitive race. And so in all the top 10 women broke 18. Um, it's just really important to, to know that going into the race so you have the right expectations, but also so you know where to place yourself in the line, right? So if you're t- running a 25-minute 5K, you would not want to go to the even the middle of this um, race pack. So check the results, figure out where you'd be based on your finish time, and then place yourself around that, around that spot. Um, maybe, you know, small tack, the people next to you, but it's better to go out a little slow and be forced to slow down that first 800 1k of the race because the people around you are going a little slow than to be up at the front with these people who are just so fast and be forced to to run you know too fast with them because a lot of runners can run really really fast for 400 800 meters Mm -hmm. um, and not understand that they are going too fast and then all of a sudden you get there it's going to be really hard to slow down if the pack of people you are running with are still running that super ultra fast pace. And so it's better to start slower, I think, um, and a little bit further back in the pack than to go out super aggressively. Um, I don't think weaving is necessary. I typically place myself about like 20% back in the pack. Um, I, I like to talk to the people next to me, and I usually like to make sure that they're going to be going as their goal pace, 30 seconds per mile slower, because what ends up happening then is that they actually go out 30 seconds per mile faster than, so that was the exact pace that I wanted to go. Um, Most people do not know how to pace themselves in a race. And so you just need to know that um, at the start line. I've, I've been to several races where I've come in first female overall and the first mile um, and I, I've won the race by over, you know, two minutes. And but the first mile of the race, there were three women ahead of me. And this <laughs> this is a race where I ran it multiple years in a row, and the same thing happened every year. And I'm like, it's it's crazy because if you weren't to know what pace you were going, it would be very difficult. And I know that pacing is a problem for a lot of people. And so the basically the moral of the story is. Don't worry about what people around you are doing. Um, Focus on your own game plan. It would be really easy for me to get inside my own head when I see people around me who say, oh yeah, my goal is to run X pace and then they go out super hard. It's just like, let them do what they are doing. Don't worry about that. Your goal can be, okay, well, if they really said that they want to run the same time as me, my goal is to catch them ML too. Let people go out too hard let that happen, but focus on what you are doing. And then that is where you're going to find a lot of strength and be able to run your own race. And so that's what that really means to run your own race is to not get caught up in, oh, this person that I really want to beat or run next to for this race, they just took off and they're gone. Um, Things can happen quickly in a race. And that can also mean people can slow down quickly. You would be amazed how many people crash and burn even in a 5k race. Um, So it's just it's important to know that and to use that as part of your, your tactical racing skills, right? So save that kick for the very end and good things will happen. I uh, will have Jason have some last words on that. I know he's very good at negative splitting. He is a champion at the negative split of the 5K, the slight negative split. It's nothing really crazy. He's just usually just very consistently like three to five seconds per mile faster until um, the end. So Jason, how do you approach it 
with a mindset um, and not get so like caught up in what other people around you are doing or like I know it must be really hard especially like if you're wanting to win a race and you see guys go out like super hard how do you mentally like navigate those first couple minutes of a race where you are like well I guess I'm gonna get fifth place when I thought I was gonna win and then how does it end up playing out usually yeah I mean that's a really good question I I approach races you know, usually one of two ways. Like I either go in having, uh, like at that race, we're talking about the Brian Craft. you know, you're not going to win. So I always have a time goal in mind going in. And so <laughs> I will make sure that let's say I want to run a certain time. I'll, I'll make sure I go out the first mile, at least five seconds slower than the average pace that it would take to get that time. Just because I want to make sure I'm able to negative split, use kind of all of the people around me in the race to um, give me that momentum, that energy as I'm passing people, because that can really help me go fast at the end, that last mile. Um, and so, and then I like that race too, because you come around the lake and you basically, you pass where you started from. And then, so once you get to the point where you started from, you know, you only have about uh, a quarter mile to go. And so it's just a nice, nice reminder to say, okay, now this is really where I got to start kicking. Cause this takes me less than a minute and a half to get there. So, um, I like that course. If I'm going to another race where I'm not quite sure who's around and I think I could maybe win or at least be top, whatever, I'll just go out and try to compete and I'll just try to um, establish, I'll go off of effort then, whereas I want to feel at about, like I'm displaying about 85% of my max effort the first mile and then about 90 the second and then about 95 the third and, you know, really waiting until the last like half mile or so, the last two minutes, then I'll really be laying it on the line and going like 100% max effort. Um, cause you know, it's not, it's not, um, realistic to really sustain hundred percent effort the entire race. So that's kind of how I will do it. I'll approach it more of like a effort in my own mind. Like this is how I want to feel kind of under control, like reminding myself I'm holding back and I'm just kind of waiting. And, and then I'll also give myself positive phrases and reminders about the other people knowing, not knowing who they are, but just, you never want to give up because you never know who you might catch a mile later down the road. Um, especially in a 5k you don't know how experienced other people are um you don't know if they've done other races already or or what their their goals are or their time their prs so it's just it's just about kind of trusting that you're running a smart race and then you know the outcome will will be whatever whatever it is but i think that using the people to help kind of propel you you know get competitive with that can actually help bring out a fast time so don't shy away from those races that are super competitive in your area. In fact, I'd, I'd actually look for those to, to get your, your fast time, your PR at, because um, you're going to have a, a more difficult time, I think, going to a, a smaller race where, where you can maybe, you know, maybe you can win your age group or place in your age group, but you're not going to have that people around you to really help, help you uh, push it in at the end. So I think it's good to go to those competitive races for your 5K. Yeah, definitely. I agree with what you're saying 100%. So it's all about you know, running your own race and, and staying like mentally Zen. I think, you know, that first mile or two, even if people are blowing by you, like the first 800 meters or one mile, um, that can be really challenging, but then just knowing mentally in your head, like your goal is to catch them later in the race and let them kind of do what they're doing. Um, and I think it is really important to note that, you know, you're someone who's won quite a few 5Ks and so have I. And I think the biggest thing there is the 5Ks that I have one or like, you know, been one of the top people, usually they're not my fastest times. Um, unless there's a lot of guys, obviously like in front of me that you can chase down. But when you're alone, um, you can't push yourself 
as hard. Competition really does bring out the best and that is why people choose to race together because when you're together you bring out like the best in each other and so I think it's just really important to don't shy away don't try to pick races where you're gonna have a better chance at winning or winning your age group Um, I guess when your age group may be a little bit different it just depends you want to just make sure that there's people to run with you don't want to be alone Um, I know you know just looking up some of these race results just because you said you were 50th he actually was 51st place with a time of 60 or 1643 Um, but this other race you did like you ran 15.28 for 5K and you were 14th place. And that's like mind-blowing. Like 14th place, 15.28. Well, that's why um, you ran so fast. Having the 4.59. Yeah. Right. But that's the thing is like you needed those people to run with um, and they helped carry you to the finish. If you would have been alone, right. there isn't as big of a motivation, especially when you're when you like know you're going to win. It's right. kind of like, well... What do I have to do? I can just, you know, coast it in. And I've been there at the end of a race before. There's guys around me, whatever. Um, But, you know, if I know, like, I have the lead for women and I know no one's, like, right behind me, I kind of, like, coast it in. Because it's just, like, whatever. You know, I don't know. It's just something about, like, the competitive nature of running where... I think having people around you, especially when you're at that, like, finish the last one mile, it can really just push you. Um, whereas if no one's around, it's like, well, I have no accountability. And it, the difference between pushing yourself just a little bit more and just kind of coasting it in, sure, it's maybe, like, five seconds. But that five seconds could be the difference between you and the time that you want, right? So <clears throat> I understand it's maybe, like, very, very minor. But if you're trying to get the best out of yourself, I think going for these more competitive races is definitely the way to go. But I think this was a really cool podcast. I guess I didn't really realize how much I like 5Ks before we did this one. Um, So I hope that you guys all got something out of it. And if you ever want to chat more about like your specific fitness and how it all relates and why to do these shorter distance races um, or just help figuring out how to navigate your training schedule, we would love to chat with you and have you on for a seven-day free trial. You can visit our website at www.run4prs.co. Fill out the form on our website and we can get you started right away. So thanks for tuning in.